Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Two, 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 two. Did you, America? Welcome to another edition of Digi America Season 2 Episode. I'm pretty sure it's still 100. Um, he's Jeremy Hoffman. I'm Ian Canfield. Thanks for hanging out with this one, our first post-Thanksgiving episode. And um, let's deal with the uh, the big news from uh, Thanksgiving. Jeremy's Thanksgiving table had a coming out. Whoa, let's it not was, go that far. It was a spring... After our last episode was my big gay weekend, we shouldn't <laughs> phrase it that way. No, it was your mother's Springsteen coming out. Yeah, so, I mean, I've always known my mom was a, I mean, beyond super fan, big time fan of Bruce Springsteen. So Would do anything for a backstage pass. Yeah, I mean, like, so my mom's not exactly like Miss Rebel, Miss Cool. Like, she's been very clean cut her whole life. Like, you know... Some might say she lives a very, you know, simple lifestyle. And she's been disgusted with me up until this point. But the one rebellious thing that she used to do is growing up in New York, she used to, like, go out and, like, camp out outside of Madison Square Garden for Bruce Springsteen tickets. When, like, that was the worst area in the country you could go to. So mm. she has seen her fair share of shows, and now they're doing this... um this concert film for the No Nukes docu- or concert that they did, I think it was like 1979 when my mom was 17. Peak mom. Peak mom. And she informs me at Thanksgiving that she's in the trailer for the new documentary. It's a Springsteen coming out. It's, uh, I told her when she first told me this, I was like, all right, show it to me, but they're not, there better not be any flashing moments. I don't know <laughs> if I can handle that, even with the blur. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, before we watch this footage, how well have they remastered it? Because I'd right. really rather it be very blurry. I need to see the 1979 tapes. I don't need to see HD. Is there a black and white option, maybe? <laughs> well, thank God is it's pretty much like he's been colorized, but the crowd has not. Right, so. right. So she was like, um, how much does she hate? That chick that was in Friends. I can't remember which one it is. There's someone, oh, Courtney chick, Cox. Right. She hates Courtney Cox. <laughs> Courtney Cox it was an adult in Friends, but famously is a girl invited up on stage during a Bruce Springsteen video for... Is it Dancing in the Dark? I can't remember I which. So. Yeah, one of those, um, one of those songs. Um, so, yeah, so that was basically your mom's dream the whole time that she was uh, hanging out with the homeless, try, waiting for tickets for Madison Square Garden in, in the 70s, right? Oh, yeah, I've heard her wish horrible things on Courtney Cox. <laughs> That's not even a joke. So she um, she's in the audience. Yeah, so basically... Were you concerned about how she managed to get such a good seat? So I guess How enthusiastic her... she was when she was camping out well, around that, the stage that... door? <laughs> hey, I mean, if you... That's my mother, sir. You calm down. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I've read biographies of bands in the 1970s. It was a different time, Jeremy. Look, my mom... Has your mom used those words? Yeah, it was a different time, Jeremy. My mom grew up in Queens, New York. And as you know that area, if you're Jewish, you're basically Italian. (laughs) So every boyfriend my mom ever had was secretly in the mob and either worked in garbage or uh, scalped tickets. Okay. Luckily... 
of the most recent boyfriend at the time scalp tickets and he's like dead center in the in the trailer he's like right up in the front and he's away from her and she's pissed about it you can tell in her face like she's happy to be at the bruce Springsteen concert but she's like why is my boyfriend up there and i'm not are you telling me that the boyfriend who was the scalper is he's got a better seat than your mom who he was dating at the time i think like he had a different access of some point i don't know i didn't get the blow someone at the stage door (laughs) all i knew is i heard they broke up shortly after See, the lesson here is if your mum had blown little Stephen rather than her boyfriend, <laughs> she would have got a better seat for the Springsteen yeah, show. Yeah, but maybe I wouldn't have been here. So thank you for not blowing little Stephen, mother. <laughs> I know. Aren't you happy that we brought your mother into today's episode of Cock Talk? <laughs> it was inevitable. <laughs> So um, the only thing I have to report from um, my Thanksgiving was I made my uh, my return to my friend's house, the ones that have got the dogs. Oh, no. Remember we discussed this a month or so ago? Are you shaking? I didn't even ask. Are well, you okay? I, I will tell, I'll tell you this. So, uh, Did yeah, you but- replace the turkey in the oven with the dog and be like, I didn't know. <laughs> You know. Yeah, we're going to take a, a Chinese uh, view on Thanksgiving, and, and we're going to we're going to eat dog. It's, it's like cultural. It's, it's called mixing up the meats. Right. You know when you go to Twisted Root Burger and they say that you can replace their regular burger with elk or venison or dog. Yeah. You know, the Chinese are our friends. <laughs> no, I, uh, so, um, yes, there was some trepidation involved because the last time um, I went to my friend's house, uh, she'd got these two rescue dogs and one of them is is fine. Although I discovered the reason why one of them is fine is because he's grossly overweight. Oh, so those are the best dogs, he, though. Like, he couldn't jump up me if he wanted to because yeah. he can barely waddle across the, 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 the front room. So I'm like, yeah, keep feeding him. We don't, don't get, don't, <laughs> right. don't, you know, don't getting him on some sort of Jenny Craig version oh, well, of dogs. That's perfect. That's the one that you can ease into your love of dogs. You can pet that one because it's not going to move. No, well, I'm fine with that one. But the other thing, which again, I'll, I'll admit my dog phobia is ridiculous because the other dog that terrifies me is a, is a small white thing an equivalent size that an old lady would carry in their handbags, that, 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 that type of dog. But on my prior visit to my friend Sharon's house, that dog was running and jumping and barking nonstop to the extent that I locked myself in their bathroom. Oh, no. Now, imagine the prospects of going back for my second uh, date with the dog. What, did they just put your table for Thanksgiving in the bathroom? (laughs) They're like, just go on in. We'll talk to you outside the door. With, uh, you know, with a great deal of food being prepared. Like me with my fear that I know dogs can smell plus all of the trimmings for Thanksgiving. Right. I mean, that dog's going to be out of control. So I get to, anyway, I, I text Sharon like the day before to sort out, you know, what time I'm coming and, the, you know, what I'm bringing and all that kind of stuff. And it's funny because we'd had texts uh, back and forth uh, over the, the best part of two weeks discussing, you know, I'll bring these sides, I'll bring some beer, I'm going to do all of these. And both of us were clearly avoiding talking about the dog because I didn't want to seem rude to ask the question of is it still going to try and kill me and she clearly didn't want to talk about it because I'm like this dog hasn't calmed down so it got to the point where I was like is the dog any calmer this is the day before Thanksgiving right. her reply was it depends well that means no <laughs> you're right so so what did they do Here's what the did thing. you do I think I might have become the dog whisperer no so, first of all, I pull up outside their house. I park on the street, right? 
They've got a garden, not a massive garden, but it's it's big enough. I ain't even walking up the path. I'm at the trunk of my car, getting out the stuff I'm taking to their house. And before I've even set foot on the path, just having the car with the the the, the, the trunk open outside the house. <laughs> so Sweat immediately starts. Oh, you'd have thought it was a hundred degrees and humid. Right. So I'm walking up the path, and I can hear Sharon like, "Go get in the room, get in the room." Anyway. They put the two dogs in their spare bedroom out the back, right? And she says, right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave them in the room while we get the food ready. And I'll leave them in the room while we eat the food because I can't eat a meal and protect you from the dog at the same time. It's too much, too much going on. Once we've had the meal, if you're okay, I'm going to get the dogs out. One will be fine because he's a fat fuck. Probably won't even... He's he's happy to be in the room. Don't even want to get to the door. I'll hold the other one because normally when she's being held, she's and she said, you know, and then then we'll see how we go. So, talk about facing your fear. And this was all like... It was like a running commentary showing a bit, okay, I'm going to the room now. Okay, I'm coming out of the room. I'm holding the dog. <laughs> right. Um, it was like it was some sort of hostage situation that was the police communicating one another. I'm moving to the sofa with the dog. <laughs> okay, I'm sitting down. This little thing's looking at me, but it's quiet, right? Are you like pretending to act like, no, no, I'm calm. Are you like fully letting it know? Like, I'm terrified right now, but I'm putting up with this because I'm a guest here. Yes, that. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, I know dogs can smell fear. Yeah. And that dog is like going, I can't even detect there was ever any turkey in this house. All I'm smelling is fear. I human. mean, we could have made English more, human. literally more Brussels sprouts than anyone's ever eaten and farted afterwards. <laughs> and still the dog wouldn't have detected any of that beyond right. my fear. So um, here's the funny thing. So she's sitting on the sofa and she's kind of holding the dog and it's looking at me. And then it starts like turning away and not really paying much attention. And uh, then it like laid down on the sofa and there's like still no barking. And she goes, okay, I'm going to let it go now, but I'll stay here. And if she, cause I'm like, she's lulling us into a full sense of security. I know what you're doing, you little fucker. I know what you're doing. <laughs> what they would normally do to the dog, but now yeah, it's you. So um, anyway, it goes, uh, it goes really quiet. And um, it just stayed there and it would like look up and look at me and everything. And Sharon suddenly goes, I've had the dog for two months. This is the longest it's gone without barking. Oh, my God. And I went, have I become the dog whisperer? (laughs) And she goes, it might be more likely that this is the first time we've locked it in a room when we've been, her and her husband, when we've been in the house, because we've only done that because you're here. Right. And I said, well, this is a fucking problem with dogs. That dog knows it's a little shit for barking and won't stop. But because you've locked it in a room for two hours, it knows if it's going to stay out of that room, it needs to shut up. In which case, this was like, it was just playing up all along. So basically, as long as you're there and it's been locked in a room for an hour, the dog is calm. I stayed there for another two, three hours, and there were a couple of occasions when it left the sofa and came over to me, but it didn't jump. It put its legs up calmly. There was no barking. When I was there the first time, it literally did not stop barking. I thought if dogs could get laryngitis, this fucking thing would have laryngitis by the time I left because it was just yap, 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 yap. And it, no barking, calm the whole time. And so suddenly I'm... Because my whole dog phobia is so irrational, I'm suddenly like... 
Oh, I think I might be like I can. I like, think I might uh, like dogs. No, oh. well, I, I think I <laughs> might. Did you be think to... about petting it at least once? Fuck like no. Putting your no, arm down. No, no, and no. And you're, you're not at that point. Much yet. like, much like uh, it was a, a police hostage situation with the I'm moving to the sofa now. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Right. The point at which the dog left the sofa, uh, like Sharon's husband Todd was like, "It's all right. She's she's making her way to you, but she's being calm." Now I can see this, but right. he's like giving me the. The psychologist talk, like he's like, and then when she put her legs up, he's like, "It's all right, I'm coming over, I'm coming over." I'm like, "You're only on the other side of the room. I can see everything that's going going on." But I'm so terrified. They have to give me like the the verbal reassurance that they will step in. But I will say this, no, yeah. So try to like reach up, but no jumping. The key thing was no barking because before it did not stop jumping, running, and barking, which are my three most fearful things, until. I was getting ready to go and I started getting like some bags of leftovers and stuff and then it was like a switch and it went nuts. And oh, yeah, because Sh- his friend was leaving. That is exactly what my friend Sharon said. She's like, it's all right, I'll put her it, it in the room. I'll put her in the room. She went, but you've been here about six hours. I said, I know. And she goes, it's because you're leaving. She did like, <laughs> she, so, so. So you said, give it a hug goodbye. N- no, oh. I said, okay, leave it in the room. I'm going until I go out now. So, uh, so yeah. And she said, well, maybe we should shut her away more often. I said, I think that is a good policy that everyone has that's with dogs. New, that's their new home, just in the closet. <laughs> right, absolutely. You know, I, look, Sharon and Todd sound like lovely people, but. I think at this point, you know, two Thanksgivings in a row, you might just need new friends that don't have dogs. I know that's pretty hard because most people have dogs, but I mean, why put yourself through that torture? Because everyone I know has got a dog. I had three options of Thanksgiving. You invited me to yours at your mum's place. Right, right? big dog, German Shepherd. (laughs) Right, yeah. And it just circles the table the entire time like a shark. Like it knows I might be coming. No, right. well, it knows that most likely me or my stepdad's gonna drop food on the floor if not on ourselves. Right. But yeah, if you were coming, you definitely would have been the main target. Yes, and this is the dog that you said, oh no, 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 it's a lovely dog, but when it got up to greet me the other day, it bit bruised my hip. Yeah, well it's it's like a big giant German shepherd, but it, it loves me so much that it jumps up on me and like attacks every time I come over. And, and then yeah, sometimes one, it hits you. Uh, one of my other buddies uh, Sean was doing a Friendsgiving type thing and he's got some new dog that's got um see uh, my knowledge of dogs is very lacking because I've spent my whole life avoiding them why would a dog have his ears taped up oh oh that's yeah that's some people like the look of their dogs t- taped up, but it's no. Yeah. He's not a gay man or an old woman. He would no, not. It's, it's, like not a fe- he's not it's using like it as a, a, fierce a, thing. As, a f- as a fashion accessory. No, it's kind of like to make your dog look more aggressive and mean. Is it? Yeah. Is it? I think it's kind of like messed up to do. I don't know. I, I don't thought know. it was a medical thing. No, nah, maybe. Who knows? I don't think it's like. I don't think it's the equivalent of taking the dog to get his nails well, done. Well, you know, like sometimes like pit bulls will have like their like their ears up, and that's when they look all like and angry. That's like you know people like pin them up so they look like no, them. No, it's like. It looks like the dog's ears. Maybe it just had an ear infection. Yes, I think it's a medical thing. It's like you know, if you put get your arm in a cast right. or you break it. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It broke its ears. Well, I think maybe it was around someone like me, and it was just sensing so much fear, its ears broke. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know. Anyway, the point being is that everyone who invited me to Thanksgiving, it was like there was that it was like dog, dog, dog. So I went with the one place that had two dogs, but equally the smallest dogs out of all of the options 
expressions of thanksgiving that I had. Smart move. So, um, but no, I've spent my entire life trying to avoid dogs, and it's simple. I mean, there's a. There's, I'll tell you this: someone who's moved. Have we spoken on the podcast before about the bloke who's moved in down the hallway from where we we recorded? I don't this think podcast? so. I think we've only done that personally. I've got a new neighbour. I don't even know what he looks like. You know why? Because every time he goes out, he's got. I think there's three dogs that I can hear, and all they do is bark nonstop. Right? <laughs> yeah, but this should help your phobia because you're around no, it all no, day. No, do you know what it does? You, do you can go pet do, those no, dogs. you know what it does? He's just down the hallway and equidistant between me and this guy's apartment is an elevator. Right. I now use the elevator that is the other side of the building because I'm just based on their barking. I'm terrified that if I get the elevator that's closest to my front door and I go back up to the fifth floor where I live and the doors open and there's the bloke with his three barking dogs. I mean, it's like taking an elevator to hell. We're just going to have to ease you into this. Like, I got a real hairy back. I'll pop my shirt off. I'll get on all fours. You can pet me. Once you're used to that, we'll move on to the real thing. And your mom's like, oh, I did that for the Springsteen tickets. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeremy's mum. It was just—it was a gift. How dare you? That he handed me. <laughs> All right. Uh, coming up in part two, uh, some stuff about Christmas movies. The Metallica toilet and um, Jizz Fest is on. Oh, everybody. it's on. Okay, let's do uh, part two of Did You America? Uh, we have some songs for you to choose for uh, songs of the week. I've, I've got to confess that uh, due to our supply chain problem and it being Thanksgiving, I actually didn't post a poll on Twitter, so we're just going to do the same songs. Damn it, China! <laughs> Uh, so three songs for you to choose from and there will be a poll on my Twitter at Ian Canfield for you to vote for these uh, during the next week Uh, I am choosing Human by Tom Morello out of Rage with a good British singer called Barnes Courtney I went with Summer Rain by Leon Bridges and Jasmine Sullivan Uh, New York producer choosing Until I Come Home by Two Feet with Grandson so Until I Come Home Two Feet with Grandson or Summer Rain by Leon Bridges featuring Jasmine Sullivan, or Human by Tom Morello with Barnes Courtney. There will be a poll on my Twitter by the the Like you do any social media. (laughs) Sometimes people who listen to this podcast uh, message me and go, well, I want to see Jeremy. Where is he on social media? I'm like, I don't know. Just imagine fat Walter Becker. I don't see the problem here. That's what I tell them. Uh, Ian Canfield on Twitter if you want to uh, vote for Song of the Week this week. So um, apart from me becoming the dog whisperer uh, and you having a Springsteen coming out at Thanksgiving, the the, the other big event that happened since we last spoke, and this was like when I got this message, are these people out of their minds? I got uh, messaged um, by a big TV British news network on, I think it was Friday last week, asking, did I want to be their US correspondent for the Ghislaine Maxwell trial? What? (laughs) So clearly, like, they haven't listened to this podcast. Clearly, like, they have not caught up with what you've been doing over the last year. I was... We've talked a lot about this case. It's never once been anything real or legal standing. 
floated tons of conspiracies. I replied, hashtag Killery. <laughs> I mean, like, why, oh, why you though? Like, they have to have, if they're like a big, reputable network in the UK, you would think they'd have like some, you know, big, reputable name here in America. Well, That's like a legal analyst I, and not someone who just like talks about music. Here's the thing. They, they were, they, they were, they, they launched about a year ago and they're new and I, I, obviously I don't live in Shitsville anymore so I haven't seen any of their output but I read the the news reports because it was a big thing that they I don't know who backed them but they were a big new national serious news network for the UK and they got a lot of headlines because they stole a lot of uh, highly regarded BBC news journalists like to go across now since that point in time i did read that to say they had some teething problems with the technical side of how they were presenting their their tv news network might have been an understatement in so much as i think in the year that they've been on uh they've been pretty shambolic and a few of the key bbc people who they stole have literally like walked out of their jobs because they went from these you know serious bbc news i mean you know a lot of americans like bbc news they some some americans would have you believe it's the only reliable news service i I don't subscribe to that, but I know the BBC News is, is highly thought of. And uh, no, the- no, you got that wrong. Most Americans' favorite porn category is BBC. Oh, that's yeah, what yeah, it is. No, yeah. Oh, big okay. black cock. You know, it's not funny if you have to explain the joke. I just felt like I you know. got the joke. <laughs> You might not have. Let me explain it again. So, <laughs> look, I told you, your mum already already gave us cock talk this week. You didn't need to. Oh, right, my bad. I forgot. No more cock. I forgot we have rules that we can't endlessly talk about cock anymore. So yeah, somehow in the space of a year, they went from uh, you know huge new news TV network across all of the United Kingdom, poaching highly regarded people from the BBC. To fast forward to one of the most intriguing trials in modern day history of, hey, is that Ian Canfield? Would you like to be our US correspondent for Ghislaine Maxwell? So they basically <laughs> said, oh my God, there's no one left. Call the guy in Texas who talks about how much he hates us. Like, you have to be the last resort for any English news at this point. I mean, can you, you eat them. Can you imagine me? Like, I would have made no effort to get any kind of background. I'd, no. have, just, I'd have just done it sitting up at this table like we do for the podcast. But obviously, I'd have been on camera because it's, 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 uh, it's, it's TV news. Sitting here with the very uh, camp looking Christmas decorations behind me like I, you know what I would I would have turned on the rotating lit up Christmas tree right and they'd have done they'd have gone to me for like a serious news report and in the background you've got this like brightly coloured Christmas tree playing Santa Claus is coming to town and I'm going Prince Andrew you're going down <laughs> let me tell you about Jizzfest this is going to be the greatest lineup ever like Canfield please tell us about the court case what happened today well you see this was where I thought like I I was um you know they they said in their message are you <laughs> these were their exact words are you comfortable discussing the intricacies of the case and I thought to myself well if you listen to the podcast I've been quite comfortable to discuss the fact that if it's really looking bad for her she's going to have a little black book with all of these names of famous people in it that she could get into some real trouble and that my way of explaining that would be there are so many famous people that I 
believe she could potentially implicate. It could be like a festival lineup. Just fast. <laughs> See, this is why this is why you screwed up your opportunity here. You should have accepted this position. You should have told them absolutely yes, I'm a legal analyst, I'm totally comfortable. And then just first day done whatever you want and trolled all of England. You're an American now. Your job is to troll England. Stop secretly caring for them. I mean, I would also, I, I, how long, even bearing in mind how shambolic that they, they seem to have been, how long do you think, because I'm gonna say I would have only got one broadcast. If right, I, if, yeah. if like 20 it. minutes of that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you think at what point would they have cut me off? Like if we like if I said We well, said I- print for right and going into Prince Andrew, like the first three letters. <laughs> okay, they say, well, what do you think of the development so far? Well, Prince Andrew is obviously going to chat. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go. Well, I mean, I'm surprised she's even in court. I mean, Hillary killed Epstein, didn't she? (laughs) (laughs) And just like that, Newsmax OAN in this new British channel. Uh, The other thing was, was that I... Because it did occur to me that... Because I never, ever want to go back to living in Shitsville again. I mean, sometimes I I have nightmares about it. Like, I have... uh, I used to... I think a lot of people have this... Have a re- reoccurring nightmare where I'm in a I'm at college again and I'm preparing to take a, a big exam yep, that I yep. didn't We've do the revision there. for. Right, that's a that's a night. That nightmare in more recent times has been replaced by me waking up in England and realizing that I live there again, and it's the, <laughs> and it's the similar level <laughs> right, of it's just, just terror, as bad. you know. So I'm pretty, you know, touch wood. It's a wooden table. I'm touching wood. Uh, Hope that I, you know, I never go back to living in Shitsville again. So it did occur to me that for as long as they would keep me on screen, GB News, it's called, by the way, Great Britain News, um, it might be fun to kind of troll them. But then in all seriousness, as much as I'd have been on there going, Prince Andrew this, Killery that, blah, 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 right? I still do have this deep-rooted belief that there are things in that Ghislaine, Jeffrey Epstein world, and I'm not talking about the terrible things that they allegedly did. I'm talking about the high-powered people that were involved, whereby, you know... They might come for me. <laughs> well, you know the Queen's coming for you no matter what. You're already on their list. Well, now, that was another thought I had, which I was going to throw out before. Basically, what you're getting on this podcast was everything GB News are now not getting because, right. I, because I bottled it. I was too chicken shit to, to, to do it. <laughs> but, you know, Ghislaine had previously said, basically, like, you know, if you push me, I've got a little black book and probably some Polaroids, and there's a lot of big people <laughs> that are, you know, going to be uh, going to be in trouble if I have to uh, roll over and start naming names she did apparently say that one person she wasn't going to roll over on was uh, prince andrew and again i've had a deep-rooted belief that that is because the queen is way more powerful than 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 you know and she's terrifying Ghislaine didn't she's like i'm in jail she can't send me to the diana tunnel but she might you know i might get epstein but the queen is very very ill at the moment i mean you know don't wish anyone so ill they but we- say <laughs> <laughs> And they're on like, did she get to the coin? And does she need to bargain with Prince Andrew? Because I believe this, right? 
Prince, oh God, if GB News listening now, they're pretty like, my God, can you imagine if we put this on our screens? <laughs> I'm my, pretty sure this is your audition tape. My th- <laughs> well, this is why I couldn't believe they seriously approached me and you, said... <laughs> you have to send them this episode. If you don't want my conspiracies, maybe you want my very dumb Jewish pot-headed partner here. I like the idea, the notion that she wasn't going to do anything against Prince Andrew because she was terrified of the Queen. But now... She's standing in court and it's not looking good for Gislaine and she needs to get that Gisfest bill as A-list as possible. I'm feeling that uh, Gislaine might need to confirm Prince Andrew for Gisfest and the only way Prince Andrew can be confirmed for Gisfest is if the Queen is out of the way and can't order something terrible to happen. What do you make of that, GB News? Is it time for the weather yet? <laughs> and thus ends Camfield's tape of audition for GBN. We thank you very much and you hope you consider this team. Oh no, we're still doing the podcast. Oh god, we gotta start over. <laughs> so yeah. Now I've given you a kind of a demo of what I would have done. You That's still great. Think, uh, no, I think this is absolutely what should have happened. You, you've ruined all of media. We could have been viral stars with this moment. We would. This podcast would have been Did You World, not just Did You America. All right. Um, before we're done in today's episode, Jeremy has some thoughts he'd like to share on Kevin Hart being cast as Gary Coleman on a reboot of Different Strokes. Well... I mean, the single greatest casting decision in the history of television is all I really had. That's my only thought on this. I thought you had some issues with... Um... No, I don't have issues with this. I think people are going to have issues with this because, I mean, every single time someone gets cast in a role that, you know, isn't actually them, people get upset. Gary Coleman was a kid during Different Strokes. Sure, he didn't grow when he was an adult, but he was still a kid during the show. Uh, so you, Someone's going to be upset that so this we, role isn't going to a kid, so we, and that's just going to a short black man. So we need a black dwarf as opposed to a short black man? Is that what <laughs> we you need? I, the, we need the guy from Bad Santa. He's standing like, what's going on? This is you, my role. Get the guy from Bad Santa, some of that CGI that was in The Irishman, right. and then he, <laughs> there's no reason why he can't play Gary it's Coleman. Per- other than that, it is the absolute Perfect casting. My only How fear is Kevin Hart. I think he's only like five two. What's a dwarf? But here's the thing. Okay, there is no actual height. Five two for, is not dwarf. There's not. There's no like marking of height for I. Okay, I used to know this girl in high school, and she was very short. She was like four foot ten, mm. and she used now, to. Now hang on a minute though. What at what age was she four foot ten? Like high school, like sixteen, seventeen. Okay, like, so she, right, right, right. Puberty, so, like, so, she had grown, okay. She's still that height. And she used to go around telling people, legally, I'm a midget. Right. Because in her mind... Does that get you benefits? Some, Is that why she promoted law. that? Do you, I, get, a, do you get a card? That's my point. Is it like on your driver's license? There's no law that says Are there if benefits? you're this height, you're a midget. If that's the case, I want you to start referring to me as an illegal midget. <laughs> because I am not that there is no the, all that makes you a dwarf or a little person is the shape of your body it's the the little arms and the little legs now that only happens to happen on very short Hang people on, but wait, that's wait, 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 no, 
No, you're, it's you're, not the listen, height. You're, you're going it's a bit, the body no, shape. I, I, that, I don't know that that's... I feel, I feel like you're going a bit GB News on this. You're throwing <laughs> out just like any... This is my little person conspiracy. <laughs> right, yes. I don't know. I have heard people argue whether it's the body shape or the actual height. I don't think that that, that, that is actually a... Uh, the girl's body was totally proportional. That's not a midget. That's just a short person. Illegal midget. That's a fraudulent midget. <laughs> if this was a court of law, she would lose that case because they'd be like, you have normal arms and legs. Sure, you're the height of most little people, but you look like a normal person. So t- Kevin Hart needs to display less height and a little bit more disability. Well, that- <laughs> Is that basically what you're right, saying? You never go full retard. It's the, it's the basic rule of Hollywood. <laughs> I, the other issue is, is Gary Coleman also wasn't like, he was just... He had that disease where you never, like, age. So he looked right. like a kid forever. Kevin Hart looks like an adult. We need a kid for this role. Well, There's no, plenty of black kids in Hollywood. B- bad Santa dwarf with <laughs> Irishman. See, I mean, this is, uh, I mean, like, we're, this could this could pacify Hollywood. We're going to have a black dwarf with some Irishman CGI. Put some Irish in there, to technically, right. kind of. Make him look younger. And then we've got, we're, we're ticking a bunch of boxes. I think this is what Dave Chappelle needs to do to get uncancelled, is he needs to take up Become the cause. Become a dwarf and play the <laughs> yes, part. Yes, that's the only thing. He needs to take up the cause of Kevin Hart it's before we get it's Kevin it's Hart cancelled. Dave Chappelle's new response to everything is, right, if someone can claim to be a gender that they're not, I'm going to claim to be a dwarf and I want the different strokes role. <laughs> can, I, can I actually just make one, just, just transition to Dave Chappelle real quick. Can I just make one quick point that's been really annoying me about everyone want to cancel him yeah okay so he you know everyone's upset about the comments he's made in jokes about the lgbtq plus community mm-hmm. has he well not done remembering the plus i'm pretty good at this yeah uh, has he you know, i had a big gay weekend the other weekend i'm part of the crew now <laughs> has he not oh, been making these jokes for like six stand-up specials now. Right. So why why are they just now being upset about it when those previous five specials were just as big? He was also the biggest comic in the world. They weren't that long ago, but for those, they were okay. So now when he does it a sixth time is when he's all of a sudden being canceled. Why not cancel him a month before? the stand-up special came on and said, hey, he has all this other stuff that's been well aware. It's just because it was in the moment oh, yeah. and people want something to cancel in the moment. Uh, no, totally. And I think probably they were busy canceling other stuff back when the other specials were on. I don't know what that other stuff would have been, but everything is a cycle. People that like to cancel stuff are constantly looking for stuff to cancel. So it was his turn by probably a variety of different factors to get the attention. So um, he, he should... But that's why it's so ridiculous because he was at that same level for those other five things. I just, I want to take up this cause because clearly we have saved Louis C.K.'s career by mentioning him so many times on this podcast because the guy was just nominated for a Grammy and now everyone's saying he's no longer cancelled. Oh. This is the first time that we've mentioned someone on the podcast and they didn't die it's helped them our luck is finally turning oh by the way i just uh this is bad practice but uh, just going back to gb news for a second i thought of one other point i would like to make gb news could you, could you edit this let on me, my let audition? Me start the audition tape again ready okay, <laughs> okay record hit it yeah and you know who's really benefiting from the Gislaine maxwell case happening this week jesse smollett who's also in court <laughs> because he's going nothing to see right. here you know when i said there was a lot to see by like living in maga country and getting mugged in my fake mugging and I said there was a lot to see but there wasn't because I made the whole thing up Ob- 
obviously like nothing to see here. Everybody, Ghislaine is in the cult. Watch you, her. I think you should go even further than that. Go full Mel Gibson with it. You know the real problem with Christmas, the Jews. <laughs> Happy Hanukkah, folks. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, uh, one other thing, I, this it j- just came back to me before we're done with uh, this episode. On the subject of different strokes, I'm a little bit disappointed that the people that are making it, whichever network is it, who's doing it? Is it for uh, ABC? In a previous podcast, I actually did a reboot of uh, different strokes. We used to do a thing in this podcast where we would uh, look at different, mostly 80s TV shows and do a a rebooted version of them. And a a listener wrote in, sent us a little script and said, wouldn't it be funny if your reboot of Different Strokes was called Daily Strokes and all of the characters in it were based on the characters from Different Strokes, but they'd all had a stroke? <laughs> and immediately that show becomes ten times better. And we had uh I can't remember the words, but the guy who sent in the, the, the pitch gave us some scripts and he completely rewrote the different strokes theme tune. Oh wow, that's an active uh, listener. Which we um which we which we sang as if <laughs> right like that and um the reason i'm recounting this story is because um so yes that's not the that's not where abc have gone with their reboot so they didn't steal this idea (laughs) no but this particular idea and maybe some other stuff that we did on this previous podcast managed to get that podcast cancelled because i was doing it through a radio don't get us cancelled now don't say it again (laughs) it's all right we've already been cancelled we're we're independent okay i was doing this previous podcast through uh, the company that i used to work for a few years ago we're not gonna be working for them again now Uh, no and um the podcast Podcast is pretty successful. They were happy with the numbers and everything. Uh, but uh, someone in corporate, I think we we done a we done like thirty episodes by this point. No one in corporate had listened, and they just happened to listen on the week, <laughs> right? And uh, me and the guy who did the podcast got called in by the big boss, market manager of the radio company, and goes, "I've had an email from corporate." And we go, "Yeah," and he goes. I'm just going to read you what it says. <laughs> and he reads this email message. They thought it would be funny to do a rebooted version of Different Strokes with the characters all having had strokes and proceeded to sit and... With- <laughs> and the big boss in the market we were in looks up and goes, what do you want to do about this? And so I said, maybe we need to uh, delete that episode from from the servers. And the big boss goes, correct answer. <laughs> See, that's the issue with corporate America. They clearly can't understand a, a simple stroke joke. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, my version of the reboot of Different Strokes, um, I still think uh, had potential, but lasted... Ma- I think that version, though, is what would save Kevin Hart from being canceled. Because, no, now he's not playing a little kid. He's playing a stroke victim. (laughs) You could pull that off. People his age have strokes. People his age do not be children. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. 
Yeah, by the way, GB News, can I, I know just we're here to talk about Jizz Lane, but can I just talk about the, the reboot of Different Strokes? I've got a new idea. <laughs> I hope they know throughout this whole episode, I've been wearing one of those like weird bangs, Jizz Lane hair uh, wigs just to play the role. I'm very committed. Her hair's falling out. It's all part of her. So is uh, mine. It's perfect. <laughs> Again, GBN, I understand. I don't have the accent, but if he doesn't want the role, I will take it. <laughs> oh, are you familiar with the intricacies of the case? <laughs> that, was, that was their wording in their email. I'm very full aware of all the conspiracies surrounding it, yes. <laughs> I sent their email. Tell us about Prince Andrew's sweat, huh? <laughs> I sent their email to the guy that used to be my agent. He's like, wow, they wonder why they're not doing well. Um, all right, we're done. Uh, Digiamerica.com is our website if you want to talk to us uh, via that medium. Uh, on the socials, Camfield off the radio on Instagram or Ian Camfield on Twitter. Also on Twitter is where I have a poll for the song of the week. So Ian Camfield on Twitter, on Instagram, Camfield off the radio, digiamerica.com for the website. Thank you for hanging out with this one. <laughs>